0: And when you do correct one of your own whistles, whether it's an out-of-bounds, what I like to do is put my hand up, stop the clock, and then pat myself on the chest Mm -hmm. while saying my fault. I'm serious. While saying my fault or my bad, and then with a strong point to the correct direction. I think it shows accountability. I think it lets everybody in the gym know that you made a mistake and that you're owning it. And I think people respect that. You are listening to the Crown Rest podcast, the audio experience for basketball officials officials. Official. Serve, Serve,
1: Serve, Serve, Serve
2: the game. I thought it was exceptional really. I mean the way you laid it out was really easy to read. I mean, it was simple enough that you could take the, um, the feedback and, you know, I've already used pretty much everything you've talked about in my games this week. And I've definitely noticed a difference. So I think that that was great. And I also love obviously like the positive feedback too. the ways to improve on is, is obviously what I'm doing this for um, to get better. But yeah, I, I think you had some great points and, um, you know, I'm looking forward to, you know, diving into it a little deeper um, here on this call.
0: That's great. So tell me one, you know, a couple examples of some feedback I gave you where you were able to go then apply it, you know, live.
2: So the first thing was the run. And that seemed to be your biggest focal point. I know after looking at the tape, you know, especially when I was reporting, I noticed, yeah, my hands were too close to my shoulder and it looked kind of awkward. (laughs) So I, I try to just keep it more natural. And like you said, more Running as a uh, as an athlete rather than as an official, and then just running harder. I mean, I I guess it wasn't really something that I was intentionally being lazy, but you know, I, I did probably just run harder, and I, I realized that I can run harder, and especially getting back down to lead in transition, that's definitely pretty critical to you know not get beat. And then just a couple of those things, like for you know the holding the ball as a waiter, I think that really looks professional.
0: Don't hold the ball like a gym teacher from nineteen seventy one. Hold the ball like a waiter from two thousand and twenty. Exactly. You know, there's only a couple times throughout a game where we really need to bust it, whether we're getting beat on a fast break, whether like, you know, you have a quick steal and that play in particular was a quick steal.
1: Mm -hmm. You were a little
0: bit lower than the ball line. It was like above the 28. So it was a quick steal. So you were going to get beat like you're not catching that play. Right. So but that's a play where, you know, I could see you're 10 feet behind the play. So you want to just show that you're booking it in that spot. There was like one or two other times. In the game, I'm not going to notice you running from trail to lead just on a regular possession, you know, because there's just pretty much one speed for that.
2: Right. Right. But in, in those moments, it, it does obviously make a difference you know, those couple plays in the game that you might, you don't want to get straight line. And, and I, you know, I felt that in my last few games, that did help um, just kind of having the play come to me rather than chasing behind it.
0: And on that play, you can always pull up and stop free throw line extended just to ref that shot at the rim. Like I said, you're not going to be able to get to the baseline there. So it's better to referee when you're not running and you're standing still. This way your eyes aren't bouncing up and down.
2: Yeah. How how often do you think that would be?
0: Maybe not once a game, you know, maybe every couple games. There's no right answer to this and everybody's answer is going to be different. But like it happened to me last night. One time I got beat. I knew I wasn't going to make it to the baseline. So I just pulled up, you know, 12-foot extended mark and just stayed there for one second. Right. And then once the shot was missed and the rebound was in the air, that's when I went and closed down and got to the lead position.
2: Right. Otherwise, you kind of, kind of get caught in no man's land if you're in between. Because exactly.
0: yeah. refereeing, when you're parallel to the play in the lead, when you haven't made it to the baseline yet, you know, especially if the contact is going away, that's going to open up to the sea, So we're not going to have an open look on that. Right um, Now, just getting back to your run, I, I put in the comments, and it was, it was a humorous comment, but you had like a, a generic ref run. Right. Um, I noticed that probably like a couple years into me getting really serious and working on things, and I noticed whether it was watching summer league action or just in an AAU gym, there was a certain type of ref that they all ran the same. Mm-hmm. They all ran the same. And it's almost like you're trying to look too perfect, trying to look too fancy. And, you know, if we're running or sliding, just, I don't like the look of having your hands up on your shoulders. I just think it should be more natural movement. Just like like we shouldn't run like referees. We should run like sprinters. Right. <laughs> run like wide
2: receivers. Yeah, we're out there with athletes anyway, so <laughs> might as well look like we, uh, we blend in.
0: Yeah, so I I think that's something you could tweak. And and I notice it the most when you're reporting a foul, when you're trotting to the table.
2: Mm. Yeah, yeah, that's something I didn't even really think about um, until you mentioned that, and it's, it's definitely there. So, great point.
0: This is good, too, that we're talking about the run, but there was two plays that you had a whistle on when you were out of position and you were trailing it. And on film, they looked a little questionable to me, so my question to you is, Were you like overcompensating in that moment? Did you feel because you were out of position, you you needed to have a whistle on incidental contact?
2: Yeah, I mean, perhaps I I definitely could have been obviously straight lined or, you know, I I know you've always stressed in your podcast, if you don't know, don't blow and you got to be 100%. And, you know, it's my fault. I think I might not have been 100% of those. And I would agree that I could have been overcompensating. So, yeah, it could have been marginal calls where, a better position you might have you know better take on, on what actually happened rather than i don't want to say guessing you know just not being as sure
0: that's good that's good that we identify this because the next time you get beat and you're running down court you're going to think of this moment when you have incidental and you're going to no call it and it's, and it's going to be correct
2: yeah and i've been trying to work on you know more patient whistle um you know like plays start develop and finish and I, I know i i get myself where i might be uh It's still the development phase, but, you know, getting and if you put put air in the whistle and it's, you know, shouldn't. So That's something that I need to work on, too.
0: Good. So just to glance at some of the positives I wrote, signals and mechanics, I thought, you know, you were pretty consistent throughout the game. I know you came out the gates with a strong charge which caught my attention. So I thought your signals and mechanics were excellent. So keep improving that, but but keep it the same at at the same time because you don't need to change much. And you know, signals, people with strong signals, no one is born with strong signals. It's earned by practice. So if you're an official out there who needs to improve their signals or you don't have good signals, it's just because you don't practice. Yeah, It's that simple. Yeah. So I can look at you and see that you have strong signals. And that immediately tells me your presentation is great, but you're doing a lot of work off the court.
2: Yeah. I've been trying to get in front of the mirror more and just uh, Yep. Yeah, it helps helps a lot. And, and how old are you? Twenty
0: five. Awesome. So the fact that you're, you know, this young, this hungry and, you know, you're talented, that's just going to be a big advantage for you as you mature up. You know, I'm 40 years old. So imagine how you're going to be when you're 40. Absolutely. just want to take a quick break from the podcast to tell you about our new IPR service, which is the Individual Performance Report, one of the industry's first film review services. We break your game down into seven parts. You are now hearing the game notes section where we did a full timestamp review on some notable plays and loaded it with some instructional comments and questions. So hope you enjoy. Hit us up if you have any questions about the IPR. You can email me at crownrefs at gmail.com or hit us up on social now back to the podcast all right so we talked about the run um just pumping your arms just play with it a little bit i think you're gonna like the results now that we're focusing on it oh i want you to just focus on one thing about your signals when you're reporting your numbers and this is me nitpicking here i just want to see a little bit more snap and a little bit more of that you know lead up
1: Mm -hmm. Not.
0: You're not just opening your fists up and presenting the numbers straight up. You know, you're kind of turning, turning into it, if you know what I'm saying. Yeah. Turning out.
2: Yeah, I did uh, notice that, too. And you tend to, um, when you're reading and reporting, you ever put the um, the, t- the tenths place first and then go with the single, or do you Is pretty much flash at the same time?
0: Sorry, are you saying, do I present both hands at the same time?
2: I've, I know uh, if I, my right hand, like a split second beforehand, it's just easier, so I don't yeah, I know the what you're saying.
0: I know what you're saying. That's a preference. That's up to you. I've, okay. I've done it that way too. So
2: okay,
0: you can mix it up. We're nitpicking again, which is great. Um, when you present your hand check, make sure you close your fingers. I think it looks more compressed and tight instead of having open fingers. Yeah. Okay. Um, also, hand check signal. Instead of gripping the hand check hand that you're pushing out, instead of gripping that under the arm, grip it on top. So you're putting your left hand, so to speak your left palm on top of your wrist
2: yeah yeah i actually tried that last night and um you yeah, know obviously anything new it felt like a little weird at first but i think it looks a lot better so i'll definitely start doing that
0: <laughs> it does it's it's more on par with the football foul i don't know what it's illegal use of the hands or i'm not a football, football. yeah probably correct <laughs> incorrect call by me right there but
2: no it is you, yeah you know,
0: <laughs> just like a false start is a travel in football
2: right right yeah, a lot of overlap.
0: <laughs> so just dead ball officiating after you blow the whistle. Um, oh, you have the loudest free throw count I've seen, I think. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And when was the last time you called a free throw, 10-second free throw violation?
2: I, I've never and I never will. <laughs>
0: exactly.
2: So that means our
0: our count can be very subtle and we don't need to put that much emphasis on it.
2: Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I wasn't, in the yeah, I wasn't trying to be the first one, but. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah. Again, this is nitpicking. It's little things, little, little things that start cleaning up a lot of these little things. And the next thing you know, you're, you're, you're evolving, you know? Yeah. Um, and, you know, I, I, it's tough for me to watch your game and then see what your dialogue and communication is like with coaches. It looks like they didn't say much to you that game. So I don't really have an opportunity or, or a feel for that you weren't going up to them and talking to them, which is good. You know, we shouldn't be starting conversations. Like, we don't need to start conversations with coaches. Just because we walk by them and we're lining up for the first or the second free throw, we don't need to say anything. Just because we just had a coming out in the second half, you know, hey, you have any questions, coach? No, we don't need to do that. If you want to, go ahead. But I'm telling you, you don't need to do it.
2: Yeah, no, I agree. I don't think it's necessary. And I know, yeah, like you said, this game was pretty non-eventful with the coaches, but that has been a point of emphasis this year is that, you know, your uh, responseville uh, podcast way back yeah. when was, uh, mm. was really, really big for me. I, yeah. that was good. just a point where I struggled um, with quick comebacks, but, you know, I feel like now I have a lot in my arsenal that it's like, I already know, you know, there's only so many things that they can say in so many different ways, I kind of know what the, what a good response would be. And, and that's really helped me.
0: That's great. I think I want to do welcome to Responseville part two, but we're going to call it response theory. Do you know the Instagram stories um, that I started where I kind of, you know, pull everybody's tough questions or tough comments from coaches and then I give my response? Yeah,
2: yeah. I put a few on there. Yeah.
0: Yeah. We got to turn that into a podcast.
2: Yeah. Yeah. That and uh, I just listened to the verbal judo too. I, I, Mm -hmm. I got the book. I still have to read it, but obviously that's that's huge too.
0: Those. Did you hear them both?
2: Uh, yeah, yeah, I listen to both, so just got to read the book now. Fire, right? Oh, yeah, it's, it's a game changer, just learning. It's, it's not even beyond basketball. It's just, you know, anywhere, uh, human interactions. You know, I, I know the bottom line is just empathy and, and um, viewing it from their perspective and asking questions, putting, playing offense, too, putting it back on that. 100%.
0: Yeah, I mean, it was so cool for me because I was kind of teaching their communication style, but with my own basketball official filter. So for me to be able to interview the writer, and he gave kind of like a wide perspective on verbal judo, and then to interview an actual instructor, he gave us the deep application of how to apply these, you know, these tactics. So I just keep it, they struggle with coaches they struggle with game management. Like, those two podcasts are cheat codes, for, sh- for sure. So Yeah. Um, let's talk about a couple plays, and then I got to run. I got about 10 minutes. Cool. Um, I think your toss was low. Did you think he stole it?
2: Yeah, I was going to ask. Uh, I, I mean, on that play, is that something that I can blow dead, even as the uh- – Crown Refs podcast is brought to you by Neat Tucks, the best way to
0: keep your shirt or uniform tucked. If you're looking for that clean, professional look on the court, there's only one way to do it: log on to NeatTucks.com and order yours today. Neat Tucks and Crown Refs serving the game. Um, yeah, you could. if guy who <laughs> tosses it usually isn't the one to kill it, right? But what I would just tell you is your toss was too slow.
1: Okay. I
0: mean, the ball just didn't get up high enough. So, the, you know, B1, it was just right in front of his face. He's, his instinct is to just touch it. So just throw it up quicker and higher, 10 feet.
2: Yeah, yeah. I think he, I'd say looking back, he definitely stole it. So I guess I could have blown it. But uh, the, the other team ended up getting it. So I was it just kind of played on.
0: Like I said, you came out the gates with a really strong charge. The one thing I want you to change is just as you're punching, don't turn your head away. Right. This happens in C&T. We want to point or punch the direction we're going, and we turn our head, which I think, I think we show more presence if we stay there, and obviously we're doing a better job dead ball officiating because we're still looking at the scene.
2: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Otherwise, something happens, you're going to have your back turned, which if it did happen, I wouldn't have seen it in that instance.
0: Definitely. Um, you had a really good rebounding foul at 838. I noted... Um, your process, you know, stopping the clock, pointing the direction, reporting the number, all super solid. At 1315, we don't have to discuss this, but I put, why didn't you initiate the switch?
2: Yeah, it, I guess.
0: It was an odd call, so I understand kind of the vibes. And I'm not here to talk about what your partners had. I'm, all, I'm here for you, so yeah. moving on. Um, I rarely say this, but at 1558, you had a great five-second call. The kid got the ball and did absolutely nothing with it. Didn't move his body. Yeah. <laughs> so it's okay to, you know, I, I tell people like your five second call should be like 5.1, you know, not 4.8. Right. Um, but this call was five flat. So that was perfect. Yeah. he
2: didn't move the ball. No pivot, nothing. Yeah, he was just standing there. <laughs> didn't do anything. <laughs> he was just standing. Stand for liberty. All right.
0: So I think you had a foul of 14-17 where it was too much contact for us to report a hand check. It's the least amount of contact for the most part. No one right. gets, gets crushed by a hand check.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, a hand's not going to do that much.
0: Nah. so I think it was a bump or a push. So report what happened. Yeah. Um, regardless, 1648, regardless what your partner had, I'm glad you had nothing in lead during transition. As I said before, when we're running parallel to the play, usually we're going to have a stacked look. So don't crawl, don't call through the paint, especially on those plays. You know, on the opposite block, and we're running. It's hard. It's hard to make these decisions when we're sprinting too.
2: Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah, absolutely.
0: Keep that in mind. Eighteen twenty-five, great call on the dribbler pushing off with the left arm. Make it one step better by not turning your head. Okay, we just talked about that. Um, yeah, correct. Twenty-three eighteen, correct call from lead. Uh, liked everything except your run. All right, let's turn the page. I actually have the report printed out.
2: Like oh, report. sweet! Yeah, <laughs> that's Andy. Let's see.
0: I got I got a cheap n one alert at thirty five fifty three. What'd you think?
2: Yeah, I think could have had more of a patient whistle. So I think I think we both had a whistle on. Me and my partner both had whistles on that one. That one might have been out of my primary too.
0: So have that overall awareness for those two things. that you just said out of position, running, and out of your primary. So like, you got to factor that in before you blow that whistle.
2: Yeah. Do you ever, on an and one situation, I've heard guys say, oh, you know, let's see if the ball goes in or not. I know you do college too. Is that something that you practice too? Or is that more like an old school way of thinking?
0: No, no. It's, it's, it's modern. It's current. You got to just take your time and, and process it and, Give yourself as much time on that play to make the decision. Sometimes fouls occur in the beginning. Sometimes fouls occur in the middle. Sometimes fouls occur at the very end. Right. You can wait until the end. We, just, we don't want to wait too long to where it looks like that's what you were doing.
2: Right, right. It's a very fine line, but.
0: Right. We don't want to cross <laughs> into that. Even though it could be correct, it's going to wake people up and say, you only blew the whistle because he, he missed it.
2: Right, right. And that, that's not good optics.
0: So if we can come a, a split second before we get there, then that's fine.
2: Yeah, absolutely.
0: Tell me about your backcourt that your partner came in and changed. What was your processing in, that, in those moments?
2: Yeah, I basically didn't see the tip. Uh, I thought it went off the offense's hand when they were reaching for it, and that made the ball go in the backcourt. So I grabbed it, you know, being the trail. And then he came up to me with pretty much 100% information that it was tipped. So... Then we changed it and uh, basically, you know, inadvertent whistle, and we, you know, kept it with the offense.
0: Yes. Now, did you, were you a hundred percent? Like, did you have an open look? Did you notice also that it was a little crowded and there was two defenders there and a defender trying to block that pass? Did you factor that in to maybe looking at your partner and trying to get information as the ball's rolling into the backcourt?
2: Yeah, I mean, looking back, I definitely should have I mean honestly it's just like physics when you're thinking about the ball being tipped out like that most likely it's going to be the defender that's with, and I saw the defender's hand in there too I just I guess I wasn't wasn't sure so I guess in that case though if you don't know don't blow true yeah
0: so here's what I would have done in that moment as the ball gets tipped and it's rolling into the backcourt your first look is going to be at the ball and then I'm going to say to myself I'm not sure how it got there so I'm going to look at my partner in that and this is they're in the play's live Mm. look at my partner kind of like with a confused look with my hands up right kind of showing him to give me an answer was it tipped or not and also what the c should have did there was showing the um, deflection signal
2: right that would have been yeah that would have made it a lot easier i don't think he did um, yes but you didn't look over there either right (laughs) it wouldn't even matter exactly
0: now if i'm your partner there like i said i'm going to show that signal but let's say you still do call it Got to hustle in there. You got to run in when we're changing the calls. Show a little Mm -hmm. bit more urgency. Everybody's looking. We don't want to walk over there. We don't want to sprint and look like a rookie cop. Right. (laughs) A little urgency there. And then it's a real simple communication. Hey, partner, I'm 100% that blue 24 tipped the ball. Let's go with an inadvertent whistle. Side out. Yeah. That's it. There's no debate. It's quick. If you come to bring me information, I know it's 100% information. And I'm getting ready to change my call. And and when you do correct one of your own whistles, whether it's an out of bounds, what I like to do is put my hand up, stop the clock, and then pat myself on the chest Mm -hmm. while saying my fault. I'm serious. While saying my fault or my bad, and then with a strong point to the correct direction. I think it shows accountability. I think it lets everybody in the gym know that you made a mistake and that you're owning it. And I think people respect that.
2: Yeah, yeah, just being vulnerable, and I, I think in that instance, he he was the one that basically made the new call, but I should be the one that's doing that if I it was my original call, right? Yep. Yeah, and then my other question was, if it was not, in fact, hip, what kind of signal could your other partner give? Obviously, you're not going to say it's TIP, so how would you signal? I
0: would shake my head.
2: No, okay, perfect. I
0: would just be shaking my head, no, 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 no.
2: Gotcha. Yeah, yep. that sounds easy. Easy enough. Good. Yeah.
0: This is good. This is going to help, help someone who has that play today.
2: Yeah. Yeah. They, they sure happen once in a while. So,
0: Good stuff, man. Really good stuff so far. Let's see what else we can end with. 40-48, uh, hand check. Do we need to stop this play? This was the transition play where you got beat. It's probably the best player on Team A. He does a through the leg, step back, and then totally clears away from the defender. And is in his shooting motion. And actually hits the shot. I think. Yeah, he did. <laughs> so that he's telling you, I didn't need that foul. I'm. fine. Nah. Yeah. So that's fine. Just just no call that one.
1: Yeah. Let, let it go. Let, let, let play, the play go. on. Mm-hmm. Yep.
0: Forty-four thirty-five. I put. I labeled this as a step-up moment. This is a really ugly play that needed to be killed before we called a violation. We called a travel when there was four hands on the ball, and I thought you had multiple opportunities to stop that play with a jump ball and your body language tells me you were almost ready to.
2: Yeah. And then it then ended up turning, kind of turning into the, the leads area and then he grabbed the travel, but you're saying I should, I should just grab a jump ball sooner. A thousand. That's, yeah. 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 No, yeah, looking back, I agree.
0: That was a long jump ball. Like they covered ground, right? You know, a one and B one were pretty much holding the ball from one side of the block to the other side of the block. Yeah. A little bit of juggling in between, but I mean, that's just an obvious jump ball play. And then, you know, if if your partner had a jump ball, then that'd be one thing, but then he winds up calling a travel. So it just amplifies the overall play. And I just noticed in that moment you were ready to, which tells me like you, I think you knew it was a jump ball. You just got to blow the whistle.
2: Yeah. If I blew the jump ball and then. He went up with the travel real quick. We'd have to get together then and uh, figure yeah, out what happened first. With,
0: you're gonna go with the jump off first. It's fine to get together, but it's pretty obvious your whistle came first.
2: Yeah, definitely. 47,
0: 46. You had an N1. Just have a cadence whistle on plays out of our primary. Mm-hmm. Um, that's what I got, man. Do you have a Do you have any questions for me, whether about the game or in general? I got about five minutes.
2: Yeah. Uh, one thing that one of my partners talked about last night was uh, we were going over like rebounding fouls on shots, and he said that. You didn't think lead should ever call a rebounding foul, that it should primarily come from trail or center.
0: See, this is the kind of information that gets transferred around and messes people up. (laughs) Yeah. I don't like to have absolutes. Right. I like to say, in lead, we should never do this. You know, they they talked about leads not calling travels in the lead position. Mm -hmm. I understand that's a guideline. That's a majority of the time the CNT is going to pick up the feet. Majority of the time right leads can call travels i'm sorry it's right in front of them sometimes sometimes they have the best looks the same with basket interference yes the cnt majority of the time 95 percent of the time are going to call it but we can't say it's an absolute and say they should always get it because there's five percent of the time that's a made-up number that the lead has the best look whether it's transition or i know there's a basket interference play that went out couple years ago where the lead called it because he was the only one who could see the defender jumped through the rim
2: right oh yeah. yeah yeah so
0: we shouldn't so we shouldn't say lead shouldn't call rebounding fouls now that being said a lot of the times the tnc can see it because it's contact that happens in the back and the lead can't see through the offensive player and the defensive player but there's plenty of times the lead can call a rebounding foul so don't get caught into that frame of mind And let that cloud your judgment next time you're in lead and you know you have an obvious rebounding foul and you don't call it because you got that info
2: yeah especially if it's right in front of you obviously there's no reason not to blow your whistle see something but he he just seemed adamant about that so i wanted to get your opinion
0: well that's great that's great and you don't have to convince him otherwise right no you could just now give him your new take on it and keep it moving right what else you got
2: uh, the other point was for um, just rotating. That's something that I've been trying to get a better feel of when to rotate. I know in one of the plays I got caught rotating on a shot. I just wanted to get your feedback on if you had any guidelines. Um, I know you don't want to rotate on a shot or a drive, but beyond that, if you had any other input you could speak on. No, just-
0: Yeah, don't rotate on a shot or drive. If you see a shooter getting ready to shoot, we shouldn't be moving over. If the ball's in the air and you're moving, get back to the strong side. If you're about to rotate and the ball's in the opposite corner and you have a drive coming, then stay. Don't, you know, don't rotate over. These are guidelines to not be moving, you know, closer to the play when it's coming to us because we actually need to step away and kind of create a little bit more distance to see points of contact. Right. So you have time to get back over.
2: Yeah, And what what if the ball is above the free throw line? Would you say that's a good measure for not rotating? Or if the post players are still shifting over, then you can go ahead regardless? Yeah.
0: Yeah. If you see them getting ready to go over, you can just hop in a cab with them.
2: Right. (laughs) Definitely. A million
0: cabs are driving by in New York City. Yeah, but the rotations look good. There might have been one or two that you probably, you know, needed to get back. Just don't be in a rush to rotate. Try to find the open look. That's what we're looking to find all the time is open looks. So we're rotating in a position, adjusting to find those open looks. If we already have it, then we don't need to go get it.
2: Right. Yeah, no, that makes sense. All
0: right, bro. I'm late.
2: Yeah, that's, that's pretty much. The, this was, like, uh... No,
0: this was awesome. This was the second podcast I've done from the IPR. So this is my new podcast format. Now is just interviewing the people I'm working with.
2: Cool. Yeah, no, I, I love this format, bro.
0: I'm telling you, I, I've been quiet. If you can see lately like posting because i've just been putting in this work bro um i think this is going to change the game
2: yeah no you, what, what you've done is has helped me you know more than you could ever imagine and uh you know huge, huge supporters so yeah just keep it up i really yeah. really appreciate everything
0: isn't that cool that you're such a big supporter and now we're working one-on-one
2: it is it is I, I, yeah. yeah it's awesome. so sweet
0: <laughs> it's really awesome yeah so just keep doing what you're doing bro keep getting better reach out anytime as you know yeah uh, you know, keep spreading the word, and uh, let's let's talk more. You know,
2: absolutely, absolutely. I appreciate it, Paul.
0: Yeah, brother. I'll talk to you soon.
2: All take right. Care. Yeah. Good luck with all your games. Thanks. And a I'm lot. gonna
0: post. I'm also gonna post uh, one of your charges.
2: Cool. Sounds good. Right. Later, Ryan. <laughs> all right. Take care. See ya. Bye. Bye.
0: Thank you for
1: listening to the Crown Refs podcast. Serve the game.
0: man.